1: Attention Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Thursday afternoon. I guess for many of us, it is the start of the July 4th weekend those people that want to turn a three-day holiday into a four-day holiday i'm not one of them we'll be here tomorrow and already i just like to uh, promote what we're going to do tomorrow of course our very own princess of policy america's she's just a treasure our very own princess die will be with us tomorrow but tomorrow we also have the great one with us that would be mark levin is going to join the show for a few minutes. And I am just so looking forward to speaking with Mark and talking with Mark about the week that, or the two weeks that were, the term ending for the Supreme Court. And they went out with a bang today, not only in the rulings, but in the case that they decided to take up when they start again next term. And already liberals are panicking about what is to come before we talk about the Supreme Court, and by the way, telephone numbers, if you'd like to join us, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I, first of all, let me uh, say something to those of you who have responded to my plea to hear voices that do not agree with me and with us, most of us. And we have had some amazing calls from some very bright people on the other side of the Roe v. Wade decision this week. I am particularly delighted that those calls have been intelligent. They have been respectful on both sides, and that's what you will continue to get here. We welcome having a discussion and we welcome people that have a different point of view than ours here and you always can feel free to call in and discuss whatever that view is as long as you are respectful we will hear you out and we will also of course give you the respect that you deserve i don't want this show to ever be an echo chamber where we all just sit and echo each other And our thoughts, and we're all like one big club, happy family, agree with each other. I love it when people disagree and when they can have healthy disagreements with each other and discuss things from many, many points of view. And we will always welcome you if you have a contrasting point of view about anything. So the call, again, goes out to those of you. Who would like to talk about anything today, especially if you have disagreements with some of the Supreme Court rulings that many of us are just elated about. If you're on the other side of that, please feel free to call in, or if you have disagreements about any other area of policy or social concerns as we go through the news of the day and of the week. The news of the day began with sad news, of course the shooting of a 20-year-old woman pushing her three-month-old baby in a stroller. It happened last night at about 8.30 on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, 95th and Lex, Lexington, for those of you out of town. And at first, it was just attributed to another horrific crime. The mayor, Mayor Adams, And he went up there, along with the brass, some of the brass New York City Police Department. And, of course, Mayor Adams delivered one of his tone-deaf addresses to people. He added that he had spent his whole day before the shooting addressing the over-proliferation of guns on the streets and how there is no fear on using these guns on innocent New Yorkers. The guns, the guns, the guns, not the people that pull these triggers, of course. Then today, as it turns out, we have learned that this is perhaps a domestic matter. There's an ex-boyfriend in Jamaica, Queens, that had been accused of assaulting this woman prior. Her family seems to think that this is the person that might be responsible for 20-year-old Aziza Johnson's death, a murder. Whether it is or not, we all hope that this this heinous crime has some justice attached to it, that the killer is found. These killers, no matter what you do to them, they're never going to be Punished appropriately because the pain, the agony, that families go through. And you know, there's so many victims now, and we just oh, it's to, to those of us who aren't affected in, by these crimes, because they're outside of our own families and our own, our own circle, our own knowledge of who the the victims are. It is really difficult to understand that for every one of these crimes, there are so many people in a family that are left wounded emotionally. In some cases, it it affects their life, like this this, this three-month-old. Can you imagine a three-month-old child having her mother shot? This three-year-old will never know, never know, her mother. And it is just unconscionable that people can do these kind of heinous acts. It is also unconscionable that so many of them happen, and so many of them happen that we as a society can become desensitized to how truly awful each one of these, these crimes are. In a related story somewhat, there is a story in the New York Post that over 100 New York City police detectives have retired in June. 75 more are going to put in their papers next month. We already have 2,000 fewer detectives than we did less than two decades ago, folks. And many of these police are saying I've had enough because of the lack of leadership that they're getting from this city government, including this mayor who runs his mouth consistently about guns, 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 but does not put forth real leadership for this police department to get crime under control. And of course, these district attorneys and judges, these progressives who have no, absolutely no hesitation in letting repeat criminals on the street so that they can continue to murder, rape, pillage the good people of New York. And one of these detectives is saying it. Look, this no-bail thing is a big deal. It wasn't really crime-fighting. You arrest somebody for assault, two with a weapon, the person is back at the precinct getting his property the next day. You're not locking up anyone, even with those records. Pay your debt to society. You broke your law. But they're not doing that, and so the police officers who are putting their own lives on the line to apprehend these criminals... I had, they, 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 they're frustrated beyond belief. Some of them are saying, okay, enough, I'm, I'm done. You guys want to turn the city over to criminals? You'll do it without me, and they're retiring. Mayor Adams isn't addressing that. This pretend governor isn't addressing that. In fact, what are the Democrats doing? They've already written a law that they're going to try to pass to make it illegal to carry guns into places of business unless the business put up some kind of welcome mat for them in writing, oh, you're welcome to bring your gun here. In other words, we just had a Supreme Court ruling that New York State's gun law is unconstitutional, has been unconstitutional. They're stopping people who have the right to carry firearms to carry them, and what is the response from the Democrats, including this would-be governor, this Governor Hochul, governor with out being elected governor. Once again, they're going to punish the law-abiding citizen who may want to purchase a handgun to defend themselves in this lawless environment that they have created. Punish the bad, punish the good guys. That is what Governor Hochul, that is what the Democrats do. That is their policy. Punish the law-abiding and give leniency and clemency to the criminals. That is Democrat. That is a New York Democrat, elected Democrat. Let us embrace the criminals and punish the law-abiding taxpayers of New York. And it's not just New York. New Jersey has the same kind of restrictive laws that have to be examined now. So what are they doing in response to this? They're not trying to to say, okay, we were wrong, let us go along with the Supreme Court, they are defying the Supreme Court and coming up with an, another set of laws that will inevitably have to wind their way through the court system because they are trying to penetrate and violate the spirit of the Supreme Court ruling. They are in favor of the criminals. The Democrat Party is the party that has a culture of death. death to Americans, they might as well just say it. They might as well join America's enemies and say death to America, death to death to the taxpayers, death to the law-abiding citizens, while they wrap themselves in some obscure intellectual argument that criminals deserve to be set free. These Democrats deserve to be driven from office, starting with Governor Hochul. But don't stop with her. These Democrats are ruining your lives if you are a New Yorker. And they don't care. With all the wonderful things the Supreme Court did this term, I am saddened by one of their decisions. The Supreme Court has let the vaccine mandate that New York imposed upon its citizens stand even though it doesn't have a religious exemption. The only three justices to stand up to this were Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, and Samuel Alito. The rest went along with this New York mandate, which to me is just resoundingly anti-freedom. And again, one of those where it's punish the innocent, punish the law-abiding people. As I said, today is the beginning of the four-day, for those of you that want to turn it into a four-day holiday weekend, it is the beginning of that. Across the world, airports are being thrown into chaos. There are still staff shortages, flight cancellations, delays, strikes. June 30th, yesterday, well, today, when this story was published, over 1,900 flights have been canceled today, and there is going to be, for some of you traveling by air, another hellish weekend. So before you get on the road, do your best to check and see the status of your flights and prepare yourself just in case you have to spend more time in the airport than you had counted on. Make sure you have your medicines or whatever else you need with you, not packed away in a bag that you can't get to. And we hope you get to where you're going on time. Supreme Court stuff coming up. James Golden, Rush Hour, coming right back after this. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush, 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 rush. From the Supernatural album, and it's a hot water. Santana. Santana won a few Grammys on from this album. This album was such a delight to listen to. Yes, and I know Santana is a flaming liberal, and I don't care. Carlos Santana is just such an amazing musician. And one of the things that I really admire about Carlos Santana, you know, first of all, when you hear him play, you know instantly it's him. He has his own voice. And that voice extends to his guitar playing. And Carlos just keeps getting better and better and better. It's like he has a fountain of youth. You listen to his solos, they're just stronger than even when he was a young, young guy coming. It's just amazing. All right, so we have a new justice on the Supreme Court. And let us all congratulate her you know, regardless of what we think is coming from her or what in some cases we know is coming from her. Ketanji Brown Jackson has been sworn in as a Supreme Court Justice. She thanked her new colleagues for their warm and gracious welcome, especially grateful, she said, for the time and attention given to her by Chief Justice and by Justice Breyer, the departing Justice Breyer, who she says is a personal friend and mentor. So bye-bye, Breyer. Now we've got three liberal women, which is pretty amazing. The, the dissent side on liberals is all being held by women. You've got Justice Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and now Ketanji Brown-Jackson. And they hopefully will be the three in many six-to-three decisions. But she's a young woman. And Democrats must have some, at least liberals, some hope that as the years go by, she will gain prominence in the court, much like now, those of us who remember Justice Thomas, when he came on the bench, he was about her age. And now, thankfully, over all these years and all that he has had to endure, Justice Thomas seems to be the conscience of the Supreme Court, at least the majority of the court, in many decisions, not all, of course, including this decision that came down today about the vaccine mandate, which I think is just, oh, well. Now, the Supreme Court cut the wings off the EPA today, and Folks, I mean, I know that Roe v. Wade is the big case from an emotional point of view and that liberals are absolutely livid. And some of them have resorted to violence, what they do online, this name-calling. I had some little, you know, some little boy, some little white kid boy, and I don't say white because thats it's just relevant to me like a young white boy in his 20s would dare call me an Uncle Tom like he knows the history of anything that has to do with being black. And his question to me was, who's the bigger Uncle Tom, you or Clarence Thomas? And I just kind of wrote him back before I blocked him and said, you know what, your little intellect isn't sufficient enough to me to even answer this because you wouldn't be able to digest an answer. So just go away. You're blocked. But these liberals are just so vicious. They're name-calling their treatment of people. I mentioned the other day there's some black actress, I I forget her name, she's not well known, but she had the audacity to say that she was pro-life, and it's as if she was saying that she's one of the most horrible people on earth, the way that the left reacted, the names that they're calling her, and the horrible treatment that they do, anybody that doesn't go along with their point of view. But Clarence Thomas has withstood all of that, and he is going to hopefully stay on the court for many more years to come, God willing, in good health. Because I'll tell you what, in just two weeks, look at how this court has transformed the hopelessness that many of us had about the sanctity of life being disregarded by our government. Now, it is true that liberals still do not have a respect for the sanctity of life. It is true that they put their own ambitions, like this girl from uh, uh, ESPN that's now with The Hill or The Atlantic that wrote the other day about her decision to have an abortion, not because she couldn't afford to have the child, uh, because she didn't really like the dude that she was screwing, And the dude that made her pregnant, she didn't want him long-term. He was just a temporary piece of meat. And the fact that she wanted to pursue her career as a sportscaster, and there was a big basketball tournament up, and she wanted to cover that. And so this woman felt free to just get rid of her kid. Just Let's just get rid of you. You're an inconvenience. You're gone. Get rid of her or him without a second thought. That is what you get from the liberal mindset. And thank goodness our Supreme Court has weighed in on that. But today, the Supreme Court did a few things. I started by saying everyone thinks that the EPA decision is big, but I think that this decision may have a bigger, longer-term impact on at least the way the government functions or have an equal impact as Roe v. Wade. To me, there's not going to be a bigger decision than Roe v. Wade because it restores the sanctity of life back to a discussion point and puts the government of the United States on the right side of that issue. But in terms of clipping the wing of this overgrown, overpowerful federal government and these overpowerful government agencies, today the Supreme Court dealt a major blow not only to these socialists who are demanding that we embrace socialists with their Green New Deal, which does not make sense for America. It will plunge America into economic ruin. It will also cripple our ability to give energy to portions of the population who need it. You know, just the other day, a quick aside, had this story and couldn't couldn't get to it. Governor Newsom in California is being honest with their energy needs. He put back online some of the fossil fuel power plants that were meant to go offline because they don't have enough energy from these quote-unquote sustainable models. The wind turbines are not producing enough energy. The solar panels can't do it. If they're going to keep the lights on in California, they need fossil fuels. And they were closing their fossil fuel plants in the name of political correctness. Well, Newsom the other day put a halt to that. Hey, look, we've got, we got to have this fossil fuel or you're not going to have lights. And along with that comes the ridiculousness of many of these environmental policies that the left is trying to impose on the country. Well, the Supreme Court just threw a roadblock into the EPA's climate powers today, and that is huge, and it is a wonderful decision, and of course, the environmentalist wackos in America are going to go crazy and nuts over it, but this was the right thing, and I hope that the lesson here extends to other agencies. No, these big decisions should be handled by Congress, which is the bottom line of this decision, and not by proxy to these executive branch agencies who are accountable to no one they want the ability to put entire sectors of american business out of business and not one of these environmentalists at the epa not one of them has been elected by the people of the united states with the mandate to do this so right on right on right on supreme court Another one that is just an amazingly prescient and good decision. James Golden, a.k.a. Oh, by the way, one of the uh, environmentalist little wackos that's going nuts, our very own Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who says the decision is catastrophic. No, it's not. This is a great decision, Representative Cortez. Only you don't have what it takes in terms of a clear, objective way of looking at this to understand that this is actually beneficial for America and not harmful. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, both Snirly's Rush Hour, coming back. Your call is going to be part of the program here in a big way. Don't go away. We're coming back right after this.
0: It's the rush hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly.
1: Rush. Rush. rush? Now here's Bo Snerdly. Wings brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, catch the night up next after this show. Remember, tomorrow on Boats Unleashed Rush Hour, you'll hear from Princess Di and you'll hear from Mark Levin. Stuck inside these Carney was uh, performing in um, Great Britain the other day, I know because uh, some of my friends went over, And speaking of which, on Saturday, we are going to have the one and only legendary drummer Omar Hakim with us. Uh, for those of you that follow music, Omar is just an amazing, amazing musician. I happen to be blessed to know him very well as a friend. very my, m- probably my best friend in the world. And um, we're like brothers. But Omar's career has just been amazing. Uh, from David Bowie, Let, that's him playing on Let's Dance and so many other hits, Dia Straits, Money for Nothing. Uh, and you can go down the list. He's played with Stevie uh, and on the Jazz Front, Weather Report, and just so many others. It's just his, his discography is amazing. Anyway, he will be uh, playing at a concert that Taylor Hawkins family and the Foo Fighters are a joint effort putting together a memorial for, for, uh, for Taylor Hawkins. And they're having two dates in Los Angeles and one date in London. And so um, we're going to talk with him about that. Omar has been asked to play on that date uh, with the Foo Fighters and with others. It's going to be a huge concert. So we'll have him on on Saturday on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza to talk about that. Briefly talk about his amazing career. Um, If you have friends that are Foo Fighter fans, let them know. Let them know to tune in on Saturday. Um, And, you know, in coming weeks, there's some news about Johnny Mathis that I want to get to. But we'll do that when it's closer to the date. Uh, Also, tomorrow, once again, please, please mark your calendar. Make sure you're here for Mark Levin. The great one joins us. We're going to talk about all these Supreme Court decisions. Of course, things didn't go the way we wanted them to. On the Texas ruling, which is, the you know, let let the immigrants stay in Mexico, the Supreme Court ruled along with Joe Biden on that one. So it was a win, some lose, some. We lost a few. But the wins were incredible this session. Let's head to the telephones in New Jersey and speak with Kevin. Kevin, thank you for waiting. You're on WABC Boston Early's Rush Hour. What's on your mind this afternoon?
2: Try try again. If a 1st shows is succeed, read the direction. Can you th- thank some of your staff for having us both on? Thank you. That's it.
1: Hmm. Whatever that was. Okay. Let us go to Dom in New Jersey. Dom, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Mm-hmm. How are you?
2: Okay. Thank you both for Um, speaking with me. I I have a comment and a question. The question is that the Supreme Court ruling about uh, letting the D.C. immigrants come in, you know, just freely come in, like they've been coming in for the past year or so. Um, Well, you can't send them back. What about the terrorists and the rapists and uh, the people bringing the drugs to this country. What well, about them? What, what is our government going to do with them?
1: This is a dilemma, Dom. Let's talk about this for a moment. In a way, I think many of us could have anticipated what this decision was going to be because the executive branch is, by constitution, in charge of our immigration. That is not something that has a lot of wiggle room. And so that's why when Donald Trump was president and he was acting as commander-in-chief and under his constitutional uh, constitutional powers, he was given a lot of leeway to act on immigration. But now that Biden is in, he is going to be granted a lot of leeway to act on immigration. Now, I know many of us see this as a crisis, and many of us say, well, what are you going to do to stop? But this is the same thing Democrats are saying, by the way, about other things. They're saying to the court, hey, what about this? In fact, that's something that I believe it was either uh, uh, Kagan or Sotomayor may have written in the dissent to this EPA bill that came, That I'm sorry, the EPA decision. We're in the middle of a global warming crisis. I'm paraphrasing. How dare you stop or give the court the permission to stop the EPA from taking care of us during this crisis. But see, that's not the criteria of the court. The court isn't supposed to say, oh, well, we're in a crisis, and so just throw the Constitution out the window. Or the borders, these guys are doing open borders. This is our decision. Okay, this is what the American people have to do. When you see bad leadership, when you see... A leader like Joe Biden and these Democrats who are willing to leave the border open. When you see that even when you bust criminals with massive amounts of fentanyl, as happened this past week, and they're let go, and they'll walk right out of the courtroom. When you see that immigrants are surging here and coming here at a rate that would astound anybody, the numbers... If they go unchecked this year will be over six million four hundred thousand. The population of Los Angeles equal to that will arrive here, most of them illegally. And this administration's not doing a thing to stop them. In fact, they're encouraging them. We don't know how much this government program costs that flies illegals all around the country, do we? Anybody ask any questions about it, you get stonewalled. There are no answers. The Democrats have put together a very complex network. And all of this government on illegal immigrants is being done in secret. The nation's governors keep asking what's going on. They aren't told. The news media isn't interested because the news media doesn't want to do anything that would make Donald Trump and his policies appear to have been correct, even though we all know they were. So what we have is a fundamental lack of transparency and lack of honesty. And, Dom, you have every right to be concerned about what's now going to come in through the borders now that the Supreme Court has ruled that the stay in Mexico program that Donald Trump initiated can be ignored by, and that's exactly what the Bidens are going to do. But the court is not in the business of trying to, or should not be in the business, of trying to dictate the outcomes of policy. And that is what many people do not understand, and apparently even some Supreme Court justices themselves don't understand it. Their business is supposed to be to see whether the law that is before them or the cases before them, where the Constitution lands up, either for or against not the outcomes, not anything else. If there are supposed to be changes in the law because the policies are wrong and the policies are harming the United States of America, that is supposed to be done in the Congress of the United States of America. And, by the way, that is where else this is failing. Democrats have done absolutely nothing to secure the borders. In fact, I urge those of you who believe the Democrat minds that Republicans are racist and bigots and all that, I want you to ask yourselves what the Democrats have done for the immigrants. What have they done? For years and years we heard how evil Republicans were because DACA wasn't being passed. What have the Democrats done with DACA? Absolutely nothing. They could have already taken care of DACA. Once again, just like in the Obama years, they do nothing. They could have stopped this rampant surge across the borders. Donald Trump did. They want it to continue. They want the sovereignty at our borders to be non-existent. And that's exactly what these Democrats have done. In so many instances, they have disarmed our border patrols that they can't do their job. They have disarmed our border enforcement that they can't do their job. And the Supreme Court is not supposed to be in the business of deciding which policies are good, which policies are better, but what is constitutional and what is not. And so even though I dislike the outcome that is going to come from this case, I understand it because the Supreme Court is supposed to be about the Constitution. And this is what liberals do not say. You've heard very few liberals say, although I disagree with the court's ruling on what's going to happen with the outcome on Roe v. Wade. I respect the fact that they held to the Constitution. Liberals cannot bring themselves to say that. Because the only thing they want is the outcome. More of your calls coming up. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. Remember, Catch It Night comes up next. And remember, this July 4th weekend and every weekend, you can stream WABC from all around the world. All you have to do, go to wabcradio.com, get our app, make sure you keep it with you, visit all of our podcasts, there's so many great podcasts, as well as a podcast from every show that's on WABC, Saturdays, Sunday, remember, music radio is on WABC as part of the mix. And keep us with you all on this holiday weekend, we're coming back, more of your calls right after this. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush, 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 rush. Billy Paul brings us back. A Philly international artist. We got a thing. Amy in Brooklyn, you're up next on our Rush Hour here on WABC. What's on your mind, Amy?
0: Oh, my God, James, I love you so much. So I, I have so much I want to say, but trying to keep it to today, right now, just hearing, you know, we talk about, oh, the, the Democrats on the left, they try to oversimplify all the Republicans are these, you know, white, anti-gay, stuck-up, repressed white men or something. And, and that's obviously not true. That's a, a lie that gets perpetuated. And it's the same. I feel like we fall into the same trap with letting us hate the. Or, or I am recently coming out of the fog of being a Democrat. I'm all about Trump and you and you know. I'm just. I feel like I'm seeing the light. But I was in the fog for so long. So I'm trying to understand. Like there's two different sets of of lefties out there. I think there's not. Not the socialists and the non It's the people that are already bought and sold Sold their souls, sold America away to the highest bidder And don't give a shit what they're saying Excuse my language, oh my god They don't care what they're saying They pick on a well-intentioned activist trend And they are very great at manipulating it And marketing it to fit in with a narrative That creates this image That despite any real facts Or any real legislation That they are the You know, pro- Stay tolerant, even though they're the least tolerant, they're the people that are really in this fog. And I feel like we're not going to reach them on the right if we keep that us of them mentality. So I was just thinking that, like, because I talk out loud when I'm listening to you, and I was just talking to you saying that, and I said, let me try to give a call and see if I could say this to them, and here you are. Well, so, uh,
1: first so- of all, I'm so glad to hear from you, Amy. <clears throat> and one of the things, this is, Amy, one of the reasons that I invite people to call here that have a contrasting view of opinion is so that we don't just get caught talking with each other. I want to hear what liberals have to say. I want to hear what the other side has to say. I read all the time about their arguments and their narrative. I think we have to be persuasive. Look, I come from a 30-year school, okay, of communicating with liberals. That 30 years that I spent at the Institute of Conservatism with Rush Limbaugh, Okay, and Rush then were persuaded, more Democrats, more liberals, in fact, to come the other way. One of the things after the election, one of the election losses that Democrats faced, Tom Daschle cited a poll that Democrats were an internal poll that showed that so many Democrats were listening to Rush and believing what he said. Well, they believed what he said because he took the time to actually speak with America, he, and didn't treat them like they were stupid and didn't treat them like they had a narrative. That that, In other words, he backed up everything he was saying with factual information and told people where they could go get the information. He also, one of the things when I say I'm welcoming calls from all over, that's one of the things that, that he used to do. He didn't not talk to himself. He used to op- explain to people and have conversations with people. That is the only way. Amy, that we are ever going to convince our fellow Americans like you who are in the fog, but you have come over. And yes, we have to do more of that. And we can't just do what they do, many of them, which is to ridicule the other side, speak of them disparagingly, stir up hatred and, and, and for them. That's not the method of persuasion. So all of us, have to try to find ways to persuade our fellow citizens who also have a stake in this country that our positions are right but if we can't if we can't do that at least we should convince them that it's okay to have a civil disagreement that we don't have to hate each other we don't have to be mean to each other we can disagree and have disagreements and still have good conversation with each other because we're Americans and we can do that. We have the freedom to do that. Amy, I hope to hear from you again. Thank you. You're a wonderful caller. Thank you so much. Let us go to Luciano in Passaic, New Jersey. Luciano, what is on your mind this afternoon? Hey, Bo, how are you?
0: I've spoken to you before and you're a patriot. I must say, and you are just awesome. You're so full of knowledge and research. I, I, I don't know how you guys, on the whole ABC, uh, WABC crew, I'd, I have no idea how you guys get your information. But I have one question. I follow you on Twitter, and I've been seeing a lot of uh, people posting things about food manufacturers either burning down or going offline for some reason. And the last number I heard was like 97. Is there any validity to this?
1: There is some validity to it. Um, and I have been researching it myself, um, and this is why I wanted to take your call. One of the uh, I have some I have a friend that's the queen of the tinfoil foil hats, and she has uh, con- has been bringing this to my attention steadily. Back when the number was five, fifteen, ten, yes, there are food manufacturers who have had their facilities hit by fire. Others have been hit with other kind of disasters that brought them offline. When I checked into it, what I found at the time was that the number was not abnormally high, given the number of food manufacturers in the country. There's a small percentage of business that will always have something going wrong with them. But I will tell you this. There's no way to prove right now that there's something deeper going on. The information simply isn't there. But... People like you have their eye on it because something, something doesn't seem right. And I have my eye on it, too, because even though I am not a conspiracy theorist, even though I don't believe in all these coup conspiracy theories, there are enough incidents that are happening that even people who don't believe in conspiracy theories are looking at this and saying, hmm. This seems odd. This seems very odd. So I'll give you the last word. What do you think about that, Luciano?
0: I'm watching a ton of residential buildings just constantly go up. And if the number of food manufacturers keeps coming down, we're going to have some chaos in this country.
1: Let us both keep our eyes on it, Luciano. And from time to time, let us bring this back up and hear what our fellow citizens have to say about it. Thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. George in Rockland County. WABC, you're on with Bo's Rush Hour here, Bo's Nerli's Rush Hour. What's on your mind?
2: Well, as always, it's really great uh, hearing your uh, comments. So you started uh, this uh, show with describing uh, the needless, Killing of this poor young lady, so that's the reason why we're calling about. Okay, now we're not talking about it now for a long time, but I was just wondering if it's time to bring back the death penalty. Now I know, especially in a state like New York, uh, at one point uh, they stopped using it. Okay, and there was a lot of reasons. They say, well. Mostly people of colors are being the victims here. So I was wondering, okay, what about if they make a survey in neighborhood where you know most people are people of colors, and let's see what those people feel about it. I them. bet you people
1: that have had their neighborhoods crushed by crime wouldn't mind at all seeing more justice and more accountability brought into their neighborhoods. Period and it has long since been time look i am not going to lie to you i i have issues with the way that the death penalty has been implemented in the united states of america i think that there is an incredible lack of consistency where you can have these serial murderers who kill 20 30 people and they sit for on jail for the rest of their lives And meanwhile you have some guy that killed one person and they strap them up and put the needle in. I think the death penalty is highly appropriate in our society, but I do have issues with the way that it's implemented. And yes, I realize the rules vary from state to state. And that also puzzles me, and has always puzzled me me why murder is not a federal crime instead of a local one. But hey, that's for another day. You know what, maybe if we have time, I'll raise that with Mark Levin tomorrow. Anyway, that's it for both Nerdy's rush hour today. Sorry we couldn't get to more calls. But I always love you callers. Call tomorrow, please, and listen tomorrow. John Katz is up next. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Enjoy, and if you're traveling, please be safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same station. Bye.